the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider. I'll start as usual with the news, but first want to alert you to a special I've prepared in place of an interview. For many in Italy, institutions, churches, businesses, and families, the Christmas season lasts up to and including the February 2nd Feast of the Presentation. For decades, under Popes John Paul and Benedict XVI, the Christmas tree and nativity scene stayed up in St. Peter's Square until that date, as did many of the presepi in various Vatican offices, in the Paul VI Hall, and places like the Vatican Post Office, bringing in the Christmas spirit of joy to countless people. So, in that prolonged Christmas season and spirit of joy, this week I bring you a special on some extraordinary nativity scenes that you can actually see all year round in Italy. Gather the children around, the young and the young at heart, as you listen to this special. But first, the Vatican News highlights of the past week. Sunday, January 14th. In his customary reflections before leading the Angelus on Sunday, Pope Francis spoke about the encounter of the first disciples in meeting Jesus, as recounted in John's Gospel. Being a disciple of the Lord involves seeking and being with and sharing with others our joy in discovering him, just as the first disciples did in discovering the Messiah. In post-Angelus remarks, Francis launched that appeal for an end to war. War itself is a crime against humanity. People need peace. The world needs peace. At the beginning of the year, he said, We exchanged wishes for peace, but weapons have continued to kill and destroy. He urged everyone to pray for people who have power over these conflicts so that they might realize that war is not the way to resolve them. Sunday evening, in an interview with Italian TV, Pope Francis lamented the risk of escalation in war, said he has no plans to resign, announced apostolic journeys to Polynesia and to Argentina, and reflected on fiducia supplicans, saying the Lord blesses everyone, everyone, everyone. Monday, January 15th, Pope Francis greeted members of the Studium Biblicum Francescanum, and he encouraged their passionate work in combining sacred scripture with archaeological research, 100 years after their foundation. He said their love for the biblical texts is founded in the same will of St. Francis, for whom knowledge of the Word of God and even its study are not matters of just erudition, but experiences of a sapiential nature, whose purpose in faith is to help people live the gospel better and make them good people. Also Monday, Pope Francis, in a telegram to Bishop Mario de Jesus Alvarez Gomez, the apostolic administrator of Quibdo, Colombia, said he was deeply saddened by a landslide that struck Western Colombia on Friday and offers fervent prayers for the eternal repose of the deceased. Tuesday, January 16th. For the fifth year, Pope Francis and the Roman Curia will be dedicating the first week of Lent to spiritual exercises 
said the Holy See press office, stating that the Pope had invited all cardinals residing in Rome, heads of dicasteries, and superiors of the Roman Curia, to take that week for personal private prayer. As usual, papal engagements are suspended that week, including the February 21st general audience. Wednesday, January 17th. Two new papal motu proprios were published Wednesday with measures to better define the expenditure management of the Vatican dicasteries and to improve transparency in procurement. These are the 69th and 70th motu proprios of Francis's pontificate. Also Wednesday, embrace the purity of love and resist lust because that leads to emptiness and enslaves, said Pope Francis at his weekly general audience, continuing his catechesis series on virtues and vices. He recalled that Christian doctrine does not condemn the sexual instinct, saying that falling in love is one of the most beautiful and tender experiences. However, when the powerful vice of lust enters the picture, it poisons the purity of love by turning it from a chaste, patient, and generous acceptance of another person in all the mysterious richness of his or her being into an egotistic desire for possession and immediate satisfaction. Yet, he said, God's gift of sexuality, which finds sublime expression in conjugal love, is at the service of human fulfillment and authentic freedom. Embrace love, said Francis, resist lust. Francis also condemned a recent missile attack on the city of Erbil in Iraqi Kurdistan. I express my sympathy and solidarity with the victims, all civilians, of the rocket attack that hit an urban area of Erbil, capital of the autonomous region of Iraqi Kurdistan. Good relations between neighbors, he said, are not built by such actions, but with dialogue and cooperation. I ask everyone to avoid any step that increases tension in the Middle East and other war zones. Also Wednesday, in a message to the 2024 World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, Pope Francis urged business and world leaders to ensure that economic development benefits everyone and remains tied to solidarity. He wrote, It is my hope that your discussions will take into account the urgent need to advance social cohesion, fraternity, and reconciliation among groups, communities, and states in order to address the challenges before us. It is also my hope, then, that the participants in this year's forum will be mindful of the moral responsibility that each of us has in the fight against poverty, the attainment of an integral development for all our brothers and sisters, and the quest for a peaceful coexistence among peoples. This is the great challenge that the present time sets before us. Thursday, January 18th, Pope Francis encouraged those engaged in the arts to work with love, joy, and charity. He welcomed the Arena of Verona Foundation on Thursday as it celebrates its centenary celebrations for the rebirth of the Arena of Verona, which began in 1913 with the performance of Giuseppe Verdi's Aida. Friday, January 19th, to mark the start of the annual January 18th to 25 Week of Prayer for Christian Unity, Pope Francis met with a group of Protestants, Catholics, and Orthodox from Finland, encouraging them to journey together as a pilgrim church. This is an annual event. Also Friday, 
celebrating 100 years of the International Federation of Catholic Universities, IFCU, Pope Francis welcomed its delegation in the Vatican, noting that 100 years of growth and development is cause for great gratitude. He highlighted two aspects of the centenary. First, the encouragement to cooperate through networking. Secondly, he noted that the Federation was established in the wake of a horrendous war. For this reason, it is all the more essential that Catholic universities be in the forefront of efforts to build the culture of peace in all its facets, which need to be addressed in an interdisciplinary vision. Also Friday, the Holy Father welcomed President Kasim Jomart Tokayev of Kazakhstan. A Vatican statement said the two highlighted mutual cooperation in the area of interreligious dialogue and hopes were expressed for an increasingly active role of believers in the life of the nation in favor of the common good. Regional and international themes were then discussed with special attention to conflicts and humanitarian issues, noting the importance of the urgent commitment to the promotion of peace and stability in the world. Pope Francis had visited Kazakhstan in September 2022. Those are the top news stories of the week, but now stay tuned for my Christmas season special on the year-round nativity scenes that you can visit in and near Rome. Have a blessed weekend. WTN, teaching the truth. Thank you so much for all that you do. And your mother Angelica and her words will never forget the first shows on television when I found her. And that led me to the radio station. I'm an eight-year homeschooling mom. I'm a veteran of doing this for a long time. What encouraged me was this beautiful nun named Mother Angelica. And one day she said, well, if you don't like the school, why don't you just pull them out and homeschool them? EWTN Global Catholic Network is the largest religious media network in the world. 11 global TV channels, English and Spanish radio networks with over 500 AM and FM radio affiliates, one of the largest Catholic websites in the world, dozens of podcasts every week, social media, electronic and print news services, and EWTN publishing. EWTN is the global Catholic network. For more about EWTN, visit EWTN.com. Here's one of G.K. Chesterton's great prophetic insights. He said, you are free in our time to say that God does not exist. You're free to say that he exists and is evil. You may talk of God as a metaphor or a mystification. And it's not merely that nobody punishes, but nobody protests. But if you speak of God as a fact, as a thing like a tiger, a reason for changing one's conduct, then the modern world will stop you somehow if it can. We are long past talking about whether an unbeliever should be punished for being irreverent. It's now thought irreverent to be a believer. Spend more time with the Apostle of Common Sense. Visit Chesterton.org for more information and go to EWTNRC.com to discover more books and programs written and inspired by G.K. Chesterton. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome to Christmas in Italy. Yes, it is still Christmas season 
for many churches and institutions and families in Italy that celebrate Christmas right up to and including the February 2nd Feast of the Presentation. For decades under Popes John Paul and Benedict XVI, the Christmas tree and nativity scene stayed up in St. Peter's Square until that date, as did many of the presepi in various Vatican offices, in the Paul VI Hall, and places like the Vatican Post Office, bringing the Christmas spirit of joy to countless people. So it is in that prolonged Christmas season and spirit of joy that this week I bring you a special on some extraordinary nativity scenes that you can actually see all year round in Italy. Gather the children around for this, the young and the young at heart, as you listen to this special. It's probably an understatement to say there are tens of thousands of nativity scenes set throughout Italy during the Christmas season, probably easily a thousand in Rome alone. Whether simple or sublime, you will obviously find them in churches and in homes, but as Italy is a Catholic nation, Presepe also abound in public squares, restaurants, stores, hotels, and government as well as private offices. If you will be in Italy, especially Rome, at Christmas time, keep your eyes open for great links online to nativity scenes in Italy. But above all, wherever you are in Italy, don't just pass a church. Walk in to see its presepe or nativity scene. You might even find yourself lighting a candle and saying a Hail Mary. On occasion, by the way, there is even a competition for the best presepe between a city's firemen, policemen, and other first responders. And now, on to two famous nativity scenes you can visit all year long. A must-visit nativity scene is that built by Rome's Netturbini, or street cleaners of AMA, AMA, the Municipal Waste Management Company. Located just minutes from St. Peter's Square on a small side street, Via dei Cavalleggeri, this is actually open all year round. Many have called this the Pope's Presepe because over the years, Pope John Paul visited the Ama Manger all but the last two years of his nearly 27-year pontificate. Other visitors have included Pope Benedict XVI, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, and a succession of Rome's mayors and Italian politicians. Cardinal Tarcisio Bertone, then Secretary of State, visited this nativity scene in 2009 when the newest edition was inaugurated. Tucked away in an ex-storage room on a side street near St. Peter's Basilica, you can easily think you're mistaken when you walk up to the building in a setting that is so humble and unpretentious that anyone not in the know would walk right past. The entrance, in fact, is a doorway leading into a courtyard that houses an unprepossessing block of premises belonging to Ama. There are, however, signs on nearby streets that lead the visitor to this site. The crib scene is an extraordinary work of craftsmanship and was the brainchild of Giuseppe Iani, an ex-Ama employee, now retired. Every year since 1972, when he built the first nativity scene, Iani has added new features, houses, bridges, an aqueduct here and there. His work mirrors that of many other entities, such as firemen, policemen, and the like, to make their own manger scenes or presepe at Christmas. Each and every one merits a special visit. Like so many Roman presepe, be they in churches or homes, public squares or businesses, 
The Ama Manger scene is an incredibly imaginative representation of the town of Bethlehem, or perhaps of any Judean hill town at the time of Jesus. The Ama town, however, also incorporates a number of Roman monuments and aqueducts and has been set inside a grotto. The buildings are all constructed in masonry and can withstand the weight of three men. The manger scene, which in 1972 was only a small hamlet of a few houses at the back of the current grotto, has grown greatly over the years as Yanni painstakingly added more and more elements. The entire town now consists of more than a hundred houses that blaze with individual lights representing hearth fires and oil lamps glowing behind doors and shutters, all accomplished through the after-hours work done by a team of electricians led by AMA fellow worker Gabriele Tassotti, who completed the complex wiring job involving over 100 light bulbs. The houses are complete down to the tiniest detail and were built in the style typical of ancient Palestine, replete with doors, hearths, balconies, windows, and smoking chimneys. There are 160 feet of winding streets in cobblestones, four rivers crossed by seven bridges, flow for a total of 40 feet through the town. Two of these feed a 50-foot-long Roman aqueduct that snakes through the heart of the composition, to which was added a new aqueduct in 2008. The first aqueduct is made of marble pieces from Bernini's Colonnade of St. Peter's Square, which were discarded when it was restored in 1999. Other marble fragments were used to build many of the 870 stone steps connecting the cobbled streets and houses. There's also a well with real water and five other water sources, two humid walls with stalactites, and 24 small grottos and caves carved into the walls. There are 700 figures of people, 165 sheep, 7 camels, 4 donkeys, 2 cows, and 1 dog. The stall where we find the Holy Family is wonderful. Signor Yanni told me that the crib in which lies baby Jesus is made from the very tips of the brooms used today by Rome's street cleaners, and the doors to the manger have been made out of olive wood from Bethlehem. In 2008, Amma added stones to a wall that depict the genealogy of Jesus that leads right up to the manger scene, from start to finish, to Joseph and Mary. In many ways, one of the most fascinating parts of this presepe is the concrete base, the foundation of the entire village. This is covered with over 1,900 different stones brought by some of the two million visitors from all over the world. The Ama nativity scene is featured in one of Joan's Rome spots that we filmed in Rome for EWTN television. I'm guessing you've seen part of it, and I think if you Google Joan's Rome's videos and put the word in Street Cleaners Presepe of Rome, you may find it. The Ama Presepe is located at Via dei Cavalleggeri 5. From December 15th to January 30th, it's open daily from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., including Sundays and holidays. The rest of the year it's open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Sundays and holidays from 8 to 11.30 a.m. Admission is free. The other year-round shrine you will want to visit is Greccio, a Franciscan shrine of prayer, peace, and beauty about 100 kilometers from Rome. 
I have been to the Franciscan Shrine at Greccio several times over the years, always enjoying the wonderful, beautiful, peaceful countryside in Umbria that surrounds this shrine, where St. Francis set up the first living nativity scene in 1223, and where he is said to have written the Canticle of the Creatures. The shrine has been called the New Bethlehem because of Francis's living nativity scene. On one trip, I joined ORP Opera Romana Pellegrinaggi for a day-long visit to this shrine and to a nearby building that houses pilgrims who walk the Via Francigena, an ancient road and pilgrim route running from France to Rome and point south where ships left nearby ports for all destinations Holy Land. Many say this Camino, this walk, actually began in England at the Cathedral of Canterbury. This route through several countries and stunning scenery had many names over the centuries, but by the ninth century pilgrims were calling it the Via Francigena. Now legend has it that Francis often returned to Greccio after his first visit, a place he liked as it was, quote, rich in poverty, according to the Greccio website. The people of Greccio accepted Francis and made his teachings their own, and thanks to this, their lives significantly improved. In Greccio's main square, Francis's exploits around the world were recounted, and it was hoped he would soon return among them, perhaps in a house in the village and not in what they called that hut on the top of the mountain. We are also told that Giovanni Velita, the lord of Greccio and a good friend of Francis's, went to the top of the mountain with some fellow villagers to ask Francis to abandon that place and come down to live with them in the village. Francis willingly accepts. Where will you go to live? asked the villagers gathered in the square for his arrival. Wherever that torch falls, says Francis from the mountaintop, indicating a torch thrown by the hands of a child. There I will establish my home. The thrown firebrand follows an incredible path and ended up falling where the Franciscan shrine of Greccio now stands. In 1223, returning to Greccio from a trip, exhausted and ill, Francis on Christmas Eve set up the first living nativity scene, reenacting Bethlehem with a donkey and an ox and his followers. And it was there that one of his followers, St. Bonaventure, built parts of the present monastery after Francis's death. If I could show you some photos, you'd see the splendid Umbrian countryside, the approach to the shrine, the stairway to the terrace level of the shrine, the rooms where Francis slept, where he prayed, where he instituted the first living nativity scene in the back of the church. You'd also see St. Francis and St. Clair in stained glass, two lovely doors on the church, decorations on the side walls, and much more. When you visit Greccio off-season, however, you see everything of this exceptional hermitage except the live animals. Francis's Greccio nativity scene was recreated in St. Peter's Square for the 2023-24 Christmas season. I'd like to close with words by Pope Francis on the meaning of the nativity scene. He spoke at the general audience on Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. 800 years ago, at Christmas in 1223, St. Francis organized the living nativity scene in Greccio. While nativity scenes are being prepared or completed in homes and other places, it is good for us to rediscover their origins. How did the crib come about? What was St. Francis's intention? In fact, he said, I want to depict the child born in Bethlehem 
and in some way see with the eyes of the body the hardships in which he found himself for want of the things necessary for an infant, how he was laid in a manger, and how he laid on the straw between the ox and the donkey. Francis does not want to recreate a beautiful work of art, said the Pope, but rather to arouse amazement through the nativity scene at the extreme humility of the Lord, at the hardships he suffered in the poor grotto of Bethlehem for love of us. In fact, the biographer of the Saint of Assisi notes, in that moving scene, evangelical simplicity shines forth, poverty is praised, humility is related, and Greccio has become like a new Bethlehem. I've emphasized, said Pope Francis, one word, amazement. And this is important. If we Christians look at the crib as a beautiful thing, as something historical, even religious, and pray, this is not enough. Before the mystery of the incarnation of the Word, before the birth of Jesus, we need this religious attitude of amazement. If in the face of the mysteries I do not come to this amazement, my faith is simply superficial, a computational faith. Don't forget this. And one characteristic of the nativity scene is that it was conceived as a school of simplicity, of sobriety. And this has a great deal to say to us. In fact, said Pope Francis, the risk of losing sight of what counts in life is great today. Paradoxically, it increases precisely at Christmas. The mentality of Christmas changes. We are immersed in a consumerism that corrodes its meaning. The consumerism of Christmas. It's true you want to give presents and that's fine. That is one way. But that frenzy of shopping that draws the attention elsewhere and the sobriety of Christmas is lost. Let us look at the crib, that awe before the crib. Sometimes there is no inner space for astonishment, but only for organizing parties, for having parties. And the nativity scene was created to bring us back to what matters, to God who comes to dwell among us. This is why it is important to look at the nativity scene, because it helps us understand what matters and also the social relationship of Jesus at that time. The family, Joseph and Mary, and loved ones, the shepherds. People before things, and we often put things ahead of people. This doesn't work. In addition to sobriety, which makes us see, the nativity scene of Greccio also speaks of joy, because joy is different from having fun. But having fun is not a bad thing if it's done on the right path. It is not a bad thing. It is a human thing. But joy is deeper still, more human. And sometimes there is a temptation to have fun without joy, to have fun by making noise, but there is no joy. It is a bit like the figure of the clown who laughs and laughs and makes people laugh, but the heart is sad. Joy is the root of good Christmas fun. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Pope Francis. May all of you, my listeners, have that Christmas joy all year round. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.